abundance. We all want more of it. Health, relationships, career, prosperity. To be human is to strive for more. There's ample advice on how to create abundance. We need to have positive thoughts and believe in ourselves. But what happens if positive thinking doesn't come naturally? Are we doomed? I'm Jill McCabe, author, entrepreneur, negative thinker turned optimist, and your host on the Thinking Vitamins podcast. Thinking vitamins are sticky ideas, mantras, and perspective shifts that retrain your brain to expect good things to happen to you. So I ask you, are you ready to boost your abundance? Let's dive in. It's episode five of the Thinking Vitamins podcast, and I'm here today to explore how do we lean into our growing edge. Quick backstory. Before we dive right in, I have only a few episodes. I think we're episode five here of Thinking Vitamins, and I reached out to a hero of mine, Eric Barker. He has written the book, Barking Up the Wrong Tree. He looks at the surprising science of what we, you know, why everything we know about success is wrong. And he wrote a second book about playing well with others. And I reached out and said, I have to interview you for my podcast. I only have a couple of episodes, but I really, really am a big fan. And he said, yes. And then I immediately freaked out. <laughs> I was like, Eek! Eric Barker said yes. So I, I'm like, what am I going to do? How am I going to interview a guy like that? And so I'm, I'm racking my brain. Who do I know? Who can help? And I think to myself, self, Lisa Bragg. Lisa is the CEO and founder of Media Face. She is a former broadcast journalist, and she's something of an expert in the field of how introverts and people with more humble personalities can effectively promote themselves. Living with the last name Bragg, Lisa has had to master the art and science of self-promotion even though that really wasn't her jam just to promote herself all the time, she learned how critical it was to do this effectively. She has seen when being too humble has cost international deals to fall through, but also when bragging right has unlocked opportunities that lead to untold fortunes. As an advisor, coach, and mentor, Lisa has helped hundreds of entrepreneurs, VPs, C-suite executives, and high-potential employees to be seen, heard, and share their value with the world. She is the award-winning entrepreneur behind MediaFace, one of Canada's first content companies, a former journalist. She also has been a client and she is a good friend and collaborator now, and we just, I, I adore this woman. I said, can you please help teach me how to interview so I don't muck it up? Um, and so this is, uh, we just decided to record this for you. And so maybe you want to interview people. Maybe you've been afraid of the mic. Maybe you have a message that you've been trying to get out there and you're not quite sure where to start or how to start. Um, Lisa is here to help us both together. With Jill McCabe, boost your abundance in every way. Ah. 
you so much. You are so welcome. And you know what? I know you're going to be a great podcast host because you're curious. And I think that's the number one thing is to actually be curious. So I think you've already, you already aced that one. Go Jill. Yeah, I actually am. I'm a very curious person. Yeah, I'm constantly wondering how the world works. Uh, so thank you for that. All right, Lisa, let's set, let's just dive right in. I Here I have I, I leaned out of my comfort zone. I tilted in to what I consider another stratosphere of interviewing someone I really admire who's he's super duper academic. Okay. He's super duper academic. Now, my backstory is I'm a high school dropout because I'm dyslexic. I did eventually go back and get my master's in leadership, but somehow still like he's a professor at Biggie University. So, so what, what's just, Tell me where I should begin or how should I think about interviewing someone like that? So first of all, remember we're humans. We're humans having a human conversation. So that's where no matter who you're talking to, may it be the Queen of England or you know Richard Branson or whoever it is that you greatly admire. And we get those jitters on because we greatly admire them and, and just enjoy their body of work, but they are humans. And every day they're having a human experience with us. And so when you start to think of them as humans, that also brings us down from being right in our head about this opportunity and makes us go into our heart and to our gut. And so that right away just grounds us in our thinking is, is don't think of them as, ah, but it's that person that uh, you want to have a great conversation with and they want to come off good too. And they might be nervous. So I think when we ground ourselves as the host and know that our interview subjects might be in, might be nervous, then that starts the game right away. But especially for an academic, well, everyone, I would make sure I do my research. So know <laughs> about them. And yeah. you probably know everything about Eric already, but know about them and know what their thinking was a few years ago and their thinking was today. So often people think, oh, I can wing it. I know already. But especially if you have them, you know, in that higher stratosphere where they make you a little bit jittery, you want to have it maybe printed out just in case, but at least on your computer in notes that you have it right there on your drive, ready to go. Saying that though, so you're gonna have the research, then I want you to push it away. Because again, we're humans having a human conversation. We don't want you citing all this long research about Eric or about anyone before you get to your questions. So have all that research in the back of your brain, have it ready on your cheat sheet on, online, but don't pull from it. So you can have your ideas, and then let them go. Because otherwise it sounds like you're reading and there's nothing, you can hear it. You can <laughs> yeah. hear people reading exactly what it is, especially if you're not a trained broadcaster. And I'm a trained, like my background is TV news. I was in TV for a long, long time. So I can lift things off the page, but so few of us can do it. And we think we can, and we can't. So just let it go and have that natural conversation. You know, that reminds me, so just before we decided to roll the tape, we were chatting because we're both writing a book right now. Lisa's got a book coming out on, um, are you sharing the title yet? Well, it's still tentative, but tell it because I'm still, it's, I think. Okay. It's so what's the, what's the title? Well, right now it's titled Bragging Rights. And my last name is Bragg. Bragging Rights. And um, I'm not quite sure about the subtitle. I have a publisher. And so they're going to have a say in it once I hand in my, my first draft, which is my manuscript due in 30 days. <laughs> and the concept the last time I heard it, her book was about, um, you know, introverts promoting themselves and and how to do it in a really highly ethical and lovely way. And I have a second book 
coming out. We were chatting about, oh, and my second book coming out is about how coaches can actually become wealthy because I think there's a lot of coaches out there who are struggling. They're such givers and then they don't they don't know how to get. Um, and so I, I want to show coaches actually really teach them how to do that. So we've got these two books coming out. We're writing at the same time and we were just chatting and that makes me think about Lisa, what you were just saying with regards to, you know, do the research, um, and then let go of the research just to let it go and have that conversation. And what's amazing is that's so similar to how I wrote my first book. It's go time, which was, I really thought about, I did a ton of research. Obviously, I had a ton of life experience and experience with clients. And then what happens is you get this, um, what do you call it? Uh, the writer's block, right? Creator's block, let's call it. And my book coach was so smart. She she told me, Jill, like whenever that happens, just think about the person that you're writing this book for. And she makes you write this whole kind of background around that person. Just And what would you say to them? And as soon as you're just looking at a person, and this really draws in what you opened with, which is, Jill, he's a person. He's an accomplished person. He's someone you admire and a person. <laughs> and so that really just reminds me, if I just stop and look at him, you'll I'll know what to say. And that's the same thing with the book. So that's really great advice, Lisa. And it's interesting how I totally understand it when it comes to book writing, because I learned that and then didn't, you know, transfer it by myself. <laughs> Broadcasting. It's, yeah, it's broadcasting. So we think of it as a different medium, but again, it's always about our audiences. So you're thinking about Eric as your audience, but then also the bigger audience of all of the people who are listening. So what do they need to hear? Because the wonderful thing about podcasting is that it's so intimate and that it's a warm way of being. And so people are right in there. Like right now, you're we're both wearing headphones. You're right close tight into my ears and what a wonderful way and that's why so often we think of when we hear back in the day we'd have radio announcers we felt like they were our friends because they're right so close to us in our car or, or on our in our ears and when we're out listening to podcasts as so we walk and taking them with us you know there it's a very intimate experience and so you saying that you know eric and i are experts and bringing us along that adds to it, but also making sure that the audience feels that great big hug, that they're being brought along on the journey with you. So always remember, audience, audience is always first. When we're creating, what will they get out of it? That's deeply moving and and really speaks to, again, it just speaks to one of the greatest challenges that I had growing my business was learning how to become audience focused, actually, Lisa. That that and I know that I'm not alone because I help people grow their businesses and they pretty much all have that problem. And it's interesting. There's this dichotomy between wanting to share and give what we know and then wanting it to be something that other people can receive. And and sometimes it's really hard to like, well, audience focused, you know, how how? So maybe I'll just go there. You know, I think I've been learning how to do it for my business and it's been a long journey. What are some things that, you know, I can do or maybe listeners have a bit I would say whatever Lisa says next, I know will apply to your business. I know it would apply to a book if you want to write one. I know it would apply to poetry or a blog if you want to start one. I know it would apply to, you know, anything that you might do, including interviewing someone that you admire. So Lisa, how do we, what are some actual tactical things we could do 
to be more audience focused? So I think the first thing though, is to realize there's a couple things, but the first thing is we can't serve everyone. And so it's really thinking about that person that we can serve. And, you know, I'm writing for my book. There's that rule of three. It's essentially that one third of the group will love you and like everything that you're doing. One third don't care about you. And the other third, I'm sorry to say it. And I know it's true in my world, but they don't like you. They don't like you at all. And they'll never like you. I thought everybody liked me. Oh my God. Right? (laughs) The shock of it. And we spend so much time fixating on the two thirds that don't give a about us. And really, if we spent our time thinking of that one third of the world, the organization, the community who want our message and just focused on them and finding that one person to really like us. And Seth Godin talks, and I think there's a book about it. I don't think it's Seth, so, but it's escaping me where it's really just having, you know, a 1000 raving fans. And if you even make it smaller to say, if I had 100 raving fans who loved what I was doing and would buy from me, wouldn't that be a great start? Cause then that even 10, 10 fans who listened to your podcast would then tell 10 people and so on. And we can do the multiplier math pretty quickly. Then they're going to keep coming back. And that loyalty is really what you want. You know, you can do something once and people don't never come back to it. But if you have that loyalty that snowballs, you get your flywheel going, that's what's worth a lot to us. But again, we're so fixated on those people who don't like us. Oh, the pit of the stomach. But it's thinking about the people. But Go what ahead. we focus on grows. I am like, it's just like, I'm just having this moment because obviously I, 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 and, and listeners, I'm saying obviously because I help grow businesses for a living. So when I say obviously, it's because I, I apply this knowledge. And what I love about, this is fun because even though I know a lot about that knowledge, I'm sitting here listening to Lisa learning. And that's, I think, going back to that concept of curiosity, where that's actually a Buddhist concept, right? Where even if you know a lot about something, listen in, listen for what you will learn, not for what you know. And I just felt so inspired because, you know, I would this morning I'm reading a post and someone talks about how sad they've been. Uh, and they talk about how, and, and this person's a leader. And she's talking about how sad she's been and how she's just kind of been sitting on her couch and not really feeling joy. And then she realized that that kind of calmness is bringing more calmness because what we focus on grows. And and then she's like, I need to focus on joy, even if it's a little hard at first. Because if we want that to grow, and I know I've gone way off, but I'm, I'm coming back to where Lisa was. If we focus on this joy, we'll actually help bring more joy into the world. And my goodness, do we ever need that? So that's where my head was this morning. These are how I, this is how I spend my time, folks, <laughs> thinking about stuff like this. And then what you just said, which was focusing on the audience, you know, that if when we focus on who doesn't like us, guess what's going to grow? That was actually the, like, the moment. It was, I was a long way there. <laughs> coming back to the beginning. But that was, we don't want to focus on that one third specifically because what if they become, you know, 40%, they'll become 50% because we're actually not thinking about the person who's listening. 
And so, and so that I loved all that though, because that's so much learning about going back to the beginner's mindset. Because even though Jill, you're an international expert, when we go back and sit with the beginner's mindset, that's where we can connect to our people even more. And so, while you have such depth of knowledge to give to people, when you go back to the beginner's mindset and say, okay, what do what does my audience need? What do they directly need from me? And you know, often I will think of that one person. If I can help one person. What does she need to hear from me? What, what does he need? What do they need to hear from me? So it's that one person and is not your grandmother. It's that one person who you've already helped. And then how do you help them along on the journey? And then she becomes two people and three people. So, but it's helping one person first. And again, we want to help millions and billions of people, but it's really starting with the focus of one person. And that's, again, as we go with one person along the path, more will join us. And it's getting those raving fans. And then once you get the flywheel going with your audience, so more and more people come, then you get more and more people who maybe in the dislike, I don't know, you can't, but it's easier to attract and to build. So thinking about that one person, and there's lots of things online that you can find, but thinking about them and not thinking about them in um, exactly in demographics. It's much more because <laughs> the world we live now. It's much more about psychodemographics. It's about the values that they carry and not about, well, she's 55 or 25 or what. It's about the values that they carry that they might also be attracted to you. Okay. Uh, I would pause this, rewind and listen to what Lisa said again. Psycho graphics instead of demographics. So true, right? What are, what values your vibe attracts your tribe? Again, I am, I feel like I'm learning about my career. I love this, Lisa, because it's so true. I was just listening. So you brought up Seth Godin just a few minutes ago. And as it happens, I was just listening to his book, um, this is marketing. I, I think that's the title of his book. And if it's not that, it's close to that. And I have absolutely adored some of his talks that I've had the honor of seeing. And he does talk about the 1,000, you know, followers. And it is somebody else's work. So I'm just like kind of acknowledging all of all of that that you just said. But I, I really like that you're bringing it down to one. Because I think a 1,000 is I, – I don't think I have a 1,000 raving fans yet. <laughs> Like, I will one day. And I have a great business. And so I, I want people to realize you don't even necessarily need all of that. You What about just focusing on 10 or one, one or 10 or 100, not even to worry about 1,000? It's a big number. And, you know, don't forget that these people who are writing those books have massive multi-million dollar <laughs> you know, ad spend and they're going for a thousand. So I love, I absolutely just love bringing it to one because as I listened to that, I went, well, I don't think I have that. And then I thought, do I have a hundred? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I probably have a hundred, maybe, you know, do I have, do I have, ten? oh yeah, I have 10, you know, do I have 20? I, I probably have 20. So, I mean, the point is you don't probably really even know but the point is not worrying about those bigger numbers. I, I love that. But dear lovely audience person who's listening, you who I, who you're hearing me right now, don't you want us to think about you? Like right away, it's about you and how much we want to serve and be of service about you and not, you know, not to 
I'm not here to puff myself up and neither is Jill, but if we're in service of you, I wish I had your name and your names and your thousands of names, but if we were in service of you, then you're going to tell someone else and then that will draw more people because our audience, they also want to be experts and gather people around because it's really about how we curate knowledge. And so Jill, you have this wealth of knowledge in your head that you want to get out to the world. I have a wealth of knowledge and our audience member also wants to say, Hey, I'm a curator, curator of knowledge. There's so much knowledge on the internet. Now we're drowning in it. But when you have people who listen to quality podcasts and collect knowledge and want to be knowledge mobilizers and brokers and bring it together. And they want to be seen as that too. So, you know, audience member, you want to be seen as an expert. So you're going to refer people to Jill's podcast because of that. And it goes on and on. And that's part of how we get our flywheel going. But if we're trying to speak to everyone, it's the saying that we don't speak to anyone because we're just trying to, it's spaghetti on the wall back when people would throw spaghetti. I don't know why they would, but it's to see if things stick, right? And it, does it or not. But um, it's just easier for all of us to think of that one person that we're in service of and always think of her and keep her close to our heart. Okay. So Lisa, thank you. And that does really just bring it down to, I've seen it happen so many times where we let go of how many likes we got and we go, we got one, you know, thanks. You know, we let go of how many follows we got we say, you know, that person took a moment to leave me a comment and that one. And so if, if you can think about, um, I really have seen this with my clients and if you have wanted to be more noticed and if you have wanted to be more appreciated, just, I'm going to say that's a thinking vitamin. Try it out. Try out just going one person to, maybe not the grandma as Lisa mentioned, but maybe well, why not the grandma? You know, I have a lot of family members who don't support who don't support me. <laughs> I have a lot of I have a lot that do, but I actually have a you know notably a brother who hasn't even been able to say congratulations for your first book. And so I I sometimes even just a family member supporting you is a big deal. So I I do want to think about that. And I have seen because I have coached my clients to be happy for the one, two, or three likes or reviews or comments they got. And we have watched that grow. Lisa, I do have, uh, I think just I'm looking at the time and I want to make sure I'm ready to go for this interview because as much as it's about the audience right now, audience, I hope you're learning with me because I'm trying to become a better interviewer. (laughs) So Lisa, in addition to what you've taught me already, what is something that's going to help me have a great interview with Eric? So I would definitely have a few questions in mind, and then I would active listening the whole way through. And don't hesitate to to take notes. So if Eric says something that's amazing, it's funny how conversations often are circular. You end up back to those points that, you know, come back to it. You just naturally do. A point will come back again. And so write down a few key notes while Eric is speaking. And then you can say, you know, earlier you mentioned beginner's mindset, or you mentioned this, and you mentioned that. And then you can go a little bit deeper because they've said something that you can then build off of that conversation. So have that information ready to go. I often let them give me the last question. It's almost back in my TV news. I'm a former TV news reporter, but back in my day, almost the best stuff would happen just as about we were about to turn off the camera. And I would say, so what didn't I ask you that is really important? 
And then they would say, oh, well, and then they would give me the story. So almost everything else before was nice, but it was really once I asked that question, which seems so basic, but that's when people are like, oh, well, the the formal part's done. I'm going to take off my robe of being expert and give you the true heart and soul of what I need to say. And then you get so many gems after the fact. I am thinking a lot about success and I'm fascinated with what we think about what success means in this world. And, you know, just going back to your point about, you know, all of us looking for likes and engagement and realizing that so many people don't even think that 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 they need to put a like or engage with your posts, but they're taking away things. So even if nobody is commenting on it, know that you are probably touching more people than you realize with your, with your work. But thinking about what success means and that success is only found through community. You cannot be successful. You can be successful within inside yourself, of course, but you can't be successful in the world without a community around you supporting you. And there's actually data, some science behind this. I think the work is from a physicist who is now plotted that we can look at success and you can find the trajectory of how if people have these right step moments at a certain time, they can predict where they're going to go. Now, not in every area area yet because there's a data collected for everything but for art exhibits and for different areas um there's there's enough data that they can say if these three or four or five ten things happen this is what's going to happen to the person so i'm really researching this and understanding it and loving it for my my book and my own thinking but it's really about how success is defined because some of us aren't born into the families or the immediate communities that you think would build success. And so how, if you're not part of the, the other groups, how do you gain some success in your life? So, yeah. Oh, I love (laughs) that. Okay. Well, we're obviously going to have some, um, some girl time talking about that. And (laughs) I did want to come back to the beginning and I did want to mention that Lisa has been here helping me, and hopefully at the same time helping you learn about how you can get your ideas into the world, support the world, reach out to people who you want to talk to, lean into your growing edge. And we decided to record this interview and share this interview so that you could learn with me. We're learning side by side right now. You know, I'm really excited that Eric said yes, and he's talking about success and relationships, and that's something that's very important to me. And I'm just really feeling very blessed, Lisa, that you came here, and I want to let you know, I mean, was I a little bit like, hey, Lisa, I sent her a text, like, please, will you help? And I can't tell you how quickly she said yes. And was I nervous about asking her? I was, Lisa. I was a little nervous about saying, would you help me? Because this is, you know, this is, Lisa's got a a company that she runs. She's got a book that she's writing. She's got new programs that she's offering. This is a, this is a woman and a family, you know, that, that she is running. I don't know. (laughs) She's a part of, she's got a lot of commitments and I reached out and she said, yes. And so first of all, I want to say thank you, Lisa. I also want to say to all of you who maybe need help We just talked about success and the importance of social. And none of us, I mean, the African proverb, right? We can go fast alone. We can go far together. I used to be someone who thought I had to have it all figured out. I used to be someone who thought I just had to know 
you know, that I had to be the one to figure it out. And I just thought, who do I know in my network who can support me? And it would have been okay if she said, no, I have a lot going on. The point is not that she said yes, and it's beautiful that she did. But the point is that I leaned into my fear growing edge and asked. So, and the fact that she said yes is total bonus. (laughs) Thank you. You're so welcome. I remember I've gotten my my point that I want to make. I just want, you know, when you look back and listen to this a year or two years or three years from now, you're going to say, oh, <laughs> and anyone who's just starting out, it's often, oh, I'm not great at this. I don't know what I'm doing. And that's, it's messy in the beginning and it's messy for a while. It's messy writing my book and I'm halfway through. Well, I'm supposed to be almost done, but it's messy. And that's okay that it's messy and you will get better as you go and you'll find your own style and your own edge. And you're listening to this and thinking probably that, oh, Jill's so amazing. It's not messy at all. But in Jill's mind, well, in my mind, in my own work, I'm not going to speak for you, Jill, but in my work, when I look back what I did 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, I'm like, oh my goodness. And I, you know, I'm right now I'm putting my hands in front of my eyes, you know, like, ah, and, but in the, in just in time, it's good. And just put it out there. Don't let that perfectionist monkey sit on your shoulder and hold you back from doing anything. Don't let the technology be your excuse. Just get out there and do it. And then you'll keep improving. And that's what anyone who's done a lot of podcasts or who's been on a lot of TV interviews, they just did one. And then they took the next step and did another and so on and so on. And we learn along the way as we go and not to expect that you're going to be an expert the first day you put your headphones on and put the microphone in front of you. It takes time to build that expertise. And so be compassionate and gentle with yourself and know that you're going to rock it, rock it, (laughs) rock it. You know, something, Lisa, I love that. And that's another thing that came up this morning. This is uh, yes, this is my world. And I want to build, I want to build on that because this is a big thing that comes up with my clients is that we wait until we think we're good enough, right? And so the thing is, you will you don't get good by thinking about getting good. And I I actually for reals, all my clients who are listening to this right now know this happened very recently. I got on and I did a live in our private group where where and I said guess what? Because somebody was being held back from moving forward because they weren't worried. Maybe they could get better after another certification or maybe they could get better after another something. Maybe they'd be better. You know, maybe they'd be better. And I, I kind of lambasted them on one of our group coaching calls. And by the way, she did great after. She put herself out there. She got opportunities. It was amazing. And, and it went really well. And then I followed up in my Facebook group that, and with a live and I said, hey, listen, you know what? I'm really sorry I'm going to tell you this now. I'm going to be a better business coach next year than I am to you now. And I'm a better business coach now than I was to my clients a year ago. And does that make me feel guilty for being your coach? No, because I know I'm bringing my head, my heart, my back, and I put it into serving you better every single day. But I also know that it's by doing that every day that I become the better coach a year from now. I can't think for a year and become a better coach. I can't think for a year and become a better podcaster. I can't think for a year and become a better author. I can't think for a year and become a better swimmer, cycler. I can't do it. I've got to get out there and learn by doing. So we prepare ourselves enough, right? And then we just got to fling ourselves like spaghetti at the wall. (laughs) (laughs) 
You gave me goosebumps because it is jumping in and just showing up. And I, you know what? I will say I'm not great at consistency and I wish I just showing up every single day and putting the work out there and over and over again, I'm working on it all the time. And I have decades of experience with broadcasting and writing and all these things, but it's the the daily practice of putting it out there or weekly practice if you can't, but just putting things out there and not waiting for perfection. But I, I love it that you can't, you know, I was thinking when you're saying that, I was thinking the humana, 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 I'm going to be like, you cannot just bring it <laughs> to fruition that way. You actually have to do the action with the positive thinking. We're not, you know, our mind is we have to watch and, and calm that mind down, but there's so much more about taking the action and just jumping and just doing the work. So for those of you who want to see the beautiful Lisa Bragg going humana, 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 and the visual that went with that, you got to watch this on YouTube. Lisa, <laughs> I know that the listeners are going to want to learn more about you and your work, and they're going to want to grab that book when it comes out. You, please tell the listeners, where they can find you. In addition to the show notes, what should they know about you? See what a great host Jill is because she asks me, and as a good guest, I need to be prepared to say, hey, Jill, here's what I want people to do because it's a call to action. And so I'd love for people to find me on LinkedIn. It's Jill will put that in the show notes for sure. And then come to my website. Uh, that's going to be the easiest way to find where I am in the world and what I'm up to and it's lisabragg.com. Find me there because I have lots of groups that I'm starting. And then I also will have my book soon. It'll come out in um, spring of 2023. So looking forward to it. Anyone who has felt yucky promoting themselves, anyone who knows that you're really smart and you're wondering why you haven't been more successful at getting your smarts in the room must follow Lisa Bragg. And go to her website, go to her LinkedIn, follow her and get that book. I have learned so much from her in this conversation through our friendship and through the entire time I've known her. Lisa, thank you for coming today. Jill, I value our time together. Thank you so much for having me. And that is today's episode. Thinking Vitamins with Jill McKay. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to my brand new Thinking Vitamins podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support the show, I'd be grateful if you'd take a moment to like, follow on your favorite platforms, and share with one or two of your friends who've been seeking more abundance. If you'd like additional resources, including a free copy of my book, It's Go Time, by visiting thinkingvitamins.com. That wraps up what I have for you today. Until next time, remember, when it comes to training your mind to expect success, repetition wins. Practice your thinking vitamins every day and you will become more abundant in every way. Change your mind and change your life. See you next week.